So, maybe you're thinking about making some big changes or setting some ambitious goals for yourself. Maybe you want to lose 20 pounds or read through the Bible. Maybe you want to run a marathon or repair a broken relationship. Whatever your big goal is, the temptation is to expect to go straight from here to here or from here to here. The reality is there are a lot of small steps between big decisions and big results. Challenges and obstacles await. At some point, you might even want to quit. But stand firm. Don't be disappointed with slow progress. Don't be overwhelmed by the destination. Rather, focus on what you can do today. Skip dessert. Read a chapter. Go for a run. Make a phone call. The more difficult the journey, the more rewarding the destination. And it can all start today with just one small step. Well, today we finish up this series called The One. We purposely put it at the beginning of the year because that's the time when everybody has something new that they want to do or do something different. And there's usually many options. And so we said, let's put this series right at the beginning of the year to help people focus on the one thing. Now, you're probably scratching your head saying, wait a minute, one thing. You've spent three weeks, one thing each week. That's three things, not one thing, right? But our intent was to focus on three different areas for you to focus in on. And we made the passage for, for each week uh, to go through the series, be that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, that whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so if the motivation, right from the start, we said, if the motivation is anchored in Christ, that that's at the center of, of why you're doing these things, that all of the other things that you desire to do or the change that you want to have, those things will work themselves out. If you've missed any of the messages over the past few weeks, just go to the website. You can listen to them there or you can sign up for the podcast that we have that's weekly. But this week, we're going to continue in one of the messages that will have an impact on you. And if you listen and you act on it, it's going to help you grow. And if statistics are right, usually they say in in, uh, the human services industry or in community service, they say 20% will respond to the challenge. So what I'm going to talk about today, 20% will respond. And the other 80 will hang back. And what I'm hoping today is that over here, if you're over here, that you take a step over here. And today is about taking a step and getting involved, taking a step onto a service team. Now, you, you may say, oh, I get it. It's that time of year. It's that one message that they do somewhere in the year There must be too few of these folks right here. And there's a lot more tasks to be done. And so you got to do the token call and call people over to here. There's a big need. Well, there is a need. The truth is there is a need, but it's not about fulfilling a task or performing a task. It's about a need 
that you have that I have. It's about stepping into who God wants us to become. And so that's why we're going to talk about it today. Statistics may say, hey, set your expectation 20%. But you see, God has a different expectation for his followers. He wants 100% of his followers to be involved in his work. And when we do that, it's about his work and your growth and about my growth. So this is connected to our growth. Everyone wants to grow, right? Living things grow. We expect them to grow. And so why don't we blow away the statistics? Instead of 20%, it'd be great if a pastor asked, hey, how's it going at your campus? Are people serving inside the church and outside the church? What, what, what rate are you seeing? And I can say, no, I'll keep going, not 37%. Not a, and I can say, 100% of the people are doing his work. They have stepped into that. You see, I want to speak to everybody today. I do understand that there are many of you that are sitting in the seats today, and this is where you sit. You get it. You understand what's going on. You're, you're already serving. But I, I do want to speak to you today, and I want to challenge you perhaps in a different way. And we'll talk about that. There are folks here. I don't think it's just 80% or not. I think there's some, there's some groups within this 80%. There are some of you that are here today and you're like, I'm just checking the church out. I'm a Christ follower. I'm doing your try five thing. And, and there are others who are not a Christ follower and you're checking the whole God thing out. You're, and, and I, I want to say, great, just sit today, listen, observe And I'll have a way for you to take a next step as well. But mainly I'm talking about people who are attending that are here that we want to get over here to take a step into being involved. This is some may be uncomfortable like, oh, could we pick a different topic for this week? And you can you move on? But, But my job as a pastor is public record. Go to Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. That is my job description as your pastor. It's about leading you to Christ and equipping you to do his work and about growing in your relationship. That's that's what I got to do. And what we're talking about today has to do with spiritual growth. So I must talk about it because living things are expected to grow. You see, Jesus asked his followers to serve. I want to get Bibles in your hands because we're going to be looking at scripture this morning and going to some different verses to look at all this. So ushers, if you'd come down and pass out Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, you can just signal to the usher. They'll give you one. If you just forgot yours, you can hand it back in as you go out. Or if you know somebody that doesn't have a Bible, keep it and give it to them. But see, many people misunderstood Jesus's ministry. They kept thinking earthly kingdom, king, kingdom, and they had this picture of what it was supposed to be like. And one of the mothers of two of the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, this is the the Rob translation. Hey, Jesus, um, I want you to do a few things for my son. I want 
my son, to these two sons, one to be on your right, one to be on your left. Give them the highest position you can. I want them to be high in your kingdom. Now, I don't know if she didn't understand that Jesus's ministry was about not earthly, but spiritual in nature or not. But what I do know is she just, she didn't get it. You see, it was typical for that time. Like I said, people thinking a king, a king gets what he wants. A king is like what Joel was talking about with his brother. I totally understood, except I was the big brother. My brother, the one playing the drums, that, that's my brother. I could tell him to do anything because I was the big brother. I had the rank. I had the privilege. John, go do this. Go do that. Come get me this. And that's the mindset that the people had at the time of Jesus is he's king. He gets what he wants. And so when the other disciples caught wind of what the mother asked, they started grumbling. And Jesus, in response to that grumbling, says this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus' status gave him every right to be served. He had the rank and the honor. He should have been served, but he comes and saying, no, I'm going to serve you. That's the kind of kingdom I am leading. You want to be first? Well, get, get in the back of the line. You want that front spot? Get in the back. You want to be great? Then serve the lowliest of these. And he was just calling them to a place that he's already walking He's doing it himself. The disciples got their feet washed by Jesus. We may go, oh, big deal. But you see, in Palestine, those roads were dusty and dirty. People would walk around in sandals. And when you stepped into a home, part of the hospitality was to have your feet washed. Typically not by the, the owner of the home themselves, but it was done by the lowliest of servants. And so now when Jesus is washing their feet, that puts it in the, I could imagine them sitting there going, you shouldn't be doing that. But he was showing them humility. He was being a servant leader himself. That's the kind of leader he was looking for. And he was saying, it's unlike the kingdoms that you're thinking about because my kingdom is spiritual not physical. They're, they're connected, but it's, it's spiritual. And uh, the 20% over here, you, you understand that it's not just about doing the task. You understand that it's not just about guiding a car into a park, parking spot. I'm from Massachusetts. I almost said parking spot. <laughs> um, you understand that it's more than just uh, greeting somebody when they come in. It's more than putting a program in somebody's hand or getting on the floor and reading stories to a child. You understand that it's more than just putting a number on a bracelet as you check your kids in. These folks understand that it's, it's more than being goofy on the stage over in 252 to help connect what's going on with their faith and with God. It's more than strumming on a guitar. 
It's more than the youth workers talking endlessly to the teenagers about their life and what's going on. People here see that it's more than the hands. It's more than what they're physically doing. They, it's about what's going on on the inside, in the heart. They see God working amongst the people that they're serving, but they also feel him doing something in themselves. They, they're connecting the physical, physical with the spiritual. And they see that following Christ has to do with serving. And there's a spiritual nature to that. And this idea of having lots of work to do and too few of workers is nothing new. The challenge isn't new. Jesus had sent out the 70 to go take the message out. And they came back and they had great results. And here's what he had to say in the midst of hearing this great news. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And we pray individually and as a staff that he send workers, not to check some task off, but that so somebody can get into the work that he's calling them to do and so that they will grow. You see, God wants me to be part of something big. He wants you to be part of something big. You have that need. I have that need. He's created us to be in something far greater than ourselves. We go throughout life chasing fine things, trying to be in healthy relationships, getting our finances in order, doing well at our work and, and our scholarship and all of those things, which are fine. But if Christ is not at the center of those things, we get to the end and we say, is there more? Because those things, were never, they were never meant to satisfy, period. We're always left longing for something more because we're part created to be part of something big. And if you're part, if you're a Christ follower, you are part of something big. The Bible calls it the body of Christ. And you're part of something very, very big. And it's through the body of Christ that you can have that need met as he meets the needs of others. Christ followers are part of a living organism. Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. You see, there's this idea of the body, the reality that Jesus dwells amongst his believers and he is living and calling them to do some work. He refers to those, the the church, the Christ followers as the body, but he calls himself the head. Jesus referred to head in two different ways. One, sometimes it's about his authority. Use the word head to mean authority. But in this passage right here, the Greek word has to do with source of life or life source. That it is only through the head, Jesus Christ, that we get our life, the abundance 
And the richness comes from Christ. If you're a Christ follower, you're part of a living organism and your life and the way you were meant to live, it comes through Jesus Christ and following his will in your life. Now, some may not be Christ followers. I want you to hear today, we are so glad that you are here because we do everything we do to help connect people into the body of Christ to help them get in that place where they were meant to be part of something bigger. And that's about getting you to know about Christ and his work. And so we're glad you're here today. And today for you, the the challenge is about getting involved, but in a different way. I want to challenge you to get involved. It's a short term group called starting point. 10 weeks, small group, safe environment, where you get to come with all your questions. And we all have questions. We all kind of have an idea of what this book has to say about them. We kind of know what God's story is. And starting point is about taking a journey to discover what's God's story? What are my questions? How do I fit into God's story? And so for you, I, I want to challenge you at the end, we'll have a little response card that comes out. I simply want you to take that step and check. I'll go on that little short-term journey of starting point. I guarantee you that you will grow as a result of taking that step and joining that short-term group. But there are those that are part of the body of Christ. And what you got to understand is that is not an organization to be managed by paid staff, but it is an organization to be nourished and built up. Paul says it this way in Romans 12, starting in verse four, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. You see, the church is this divine organism that's been kind of fused together with Christ being the head and he's revealing himself to his people. And as his people, as members of the body, as Christ followers, as we devote ourselves to the head, then an outflow, a, a flow of that should be service. We should see if he was about serving And as we devote ourselves to him, that ought to be reflexive in our lives. Oswald Chambers says it this way in my utmost for his highest. He says, God gets me into relationship with himself, whereby I understand his call and do things out of sheer love for him on my own account. Then he goes on, the son of God reveals himself in me and I serve him in the ordinary things of my life out of devotion to him. You see, following Christ is an active thing. The task is big. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. There are many people to reach with the message of Christ. It's about helping people connect with God. The task is big, but God designed it this way. He designed it so that the message is carried on by the church, the believers of Christ. He could have designed it some other way, but that's the way he did it. And because it's a big task, he's given Christ followers many different 
gifts to carry out the task. And in Ephesians 4, verse 16, he says, From him, Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, Christianity is a team sport. Everyone plays. Everyone has a position, has a role, and no one person has all of the gifts. That's not scriptural. He has given you a gift to carry out his task. You probably know, most times we know what our gifts are. If you've never done a spiritual inventory, spiritual gifts assessment, we do that as part of Connect. You hear us talk about Take, Discover, or Connect. At the end of Connect, you take a spiritual gifts assessment. So if you want to do that, you can always check it out on your WhatsApp card each week. But most of us know what our gift is. Like, you probably know if you have the gift of encouragement or not. You know, if, you're, if you don't have the gift of encouragement, you know probably you don't like waking up early. You don't like standing at the door and smiling and giving, hey, you're glad you're here. If, you're not the, if you don't have the gift of encouragement, you probably know that, and you probably shouldn't be standing at the front door, right? And there are some who are like, ooh, I don't, I don't have the gift of teaching, I, and they shake at the, uh, of maybe being in a small group, doesn't matter how many, sitting down, standing up, but people staring at them, don't put me there. I, so we kind of know where our gifts are. And so this is a call to use the gifts. And this is kind of where I want to challenge folks here in the, in the 20%. You're already, you're already serving. So it's not about, okay, where do I serve? It's not about serving more. Now, I, I want to challenge you to pray, Lord, am I serving in the right area? You know, maybe it was then, but Lord, are you leading me to a different spot? Because maybe it's stopping doing some things and starting to do a few others. Your heart is, I'll do anything, but maybe God's calling you to do a specific thing. I want you to respond to that. If it was about the task, I wouldn't be saying that because I'd be shaking going, "Uh uh-oh, that means we won't have a, this position won't be filled, this position won't. God will take care of that stuff. I want to get you into the spot where you're going to feel like I'm right where God, you know, you have me right where God wants me and I'm doing his work. You see, the most important reason for us to serve is not because the church is telling you to serve, it's to, to do his work, his work, your growth. Now, there is, I, I want to spend a few minutes talking about what it can do for us. I will tell you, there's a side benefit when you do this, that it, it, you're less likely to drift away from God. Why? Well, it's a pattern that, mo- ask any pastor, ask Donnie, I haven't talked to him, just another church. What's a pattern you see? When people step away from God, what happens? Their first step away from God is they step away from people. First step away from God, they step away from people. And once they step away from people, they stop attending. And then once they get home, they stop reading their Bible. And all of a sudden, you know, God's at a distance. So serving is just a way for you to get in, do his work, watch him do his work. You're going to go life on life with individuals. They may be caring for you. You're caring with others, for others. And it's a lot harder to walk away from that 
But if you do, it, it, you tend to drift. But the other big and the main reason, selfishly, is it, it helps us grow spiritually. Serving is like a fast path to spiritual growth. Paul says in that verse 16 of um, Ephesians 4, that the proper functioning of the body is when it is growing, when the people inside are growing, they are building one another up, supporting one another with all their gifts. The body's growing. That's the proper functioning of the body. I, and I can honestly look at you and say this, I have never had a discussion with somebody who sits in this seat and has, and says to me, I haven't had this happen. Rob, I'm worshiping. I am serving. I'm in relationship with others, but I'm not growing. I honestly haven't, haven't had that conversation, but I have over here. For somebody will say, Pastor, I want to talk to you. This church isn't like what it was before. It used to be, I walk away from here and I, it felt good, blah, blah, you know. But now, this is not what it was. I'm not growing. And as I talk, I realize that all they were doing was coming on a Sunday morning. They weren't serving others, performing their role that God has them to do. They weren't in relationship. And so it was unhealthy for them to be here. Hear me. It is fine to be here. It's like a, there's a time where we have to spectate, but there comes a point where we've got to take a step because if we get stuck over here, it becomes all about us. It becomes about me, more of me and more of me. And when we get stuck as a spectator, spectators become critics And you see, it's clear then that the authority and the source of that person's life is not Christ as the head. It is themselves. It is is unhealthy to be stuck over here. You don't become a spiritual adult like that. It is a process of realizing, God, my full reliance and dependence is on you. You are the one who gives me life and gives me the work to do. And I kind of understand this. I think I'm supposed to bear your image more and more. And so I'm going to set out to do that. And as you do that, you grow because that's the way you were designed. You connect the spiritual and the physical. Folks here understand that it's not about setting up or tearing down. It's far greater than that. I want you to check out the screen as some folks talk about what it's like to serve. I serve as a sound guy to enable worship and allow the message to be heard. I serve as a greeter because I like for everyone to feel welcomed at LifePoint. I serve at the info booth because it is awesome to see people walking through our doors for the very first time. I serve as a life group leader because, first of all, I enjoy people and being with people. But I think it's really important to develop closer relationships with one another and closer relationships with God. I serve in the band because I love making music and and, uh, I get to do what I love and help people connect with God and worship God myself. I serve in the nursery because I feel it's my calling to take care of the children and introduce them to Jesus. 
I love serving in the youth program because I feel like they're at an age where I can definitely uh, help influence their direction and selfishly, I tend to learn as much from them as they learn from me. I serve in 252 because I like helping kids connect with God. I serve in the band because I love music and I love Jesus. I love serving the kids though because these kids are awesome. I serve in youth because I love building relationships with the kids and just being there with them through their spiritual journey. I serve in the food pantry because it's my passion and I believe that's what God wants me to do to help Niccolo Paganini, one of the greatest violinists ever. His technique revolutionized violin playing in all of Europe. And when he passed away in 1840, he left his violin to his hometown, and they were glad to receive it. But he gave him a condition. He said, you can have my violin, but nobody ever should ever play that violin again. It is just to be kept in its case. So they bought a beautiful case and they opened it up and people would see it. But the thing is, with string instruments, they are okay and will show no sign of wear as long as they're being used. But if ignored or left unused, they show wear and they decay. And that's exactly what happened to Paganini's violin. If you're a Christ follower, God has given you a gift that he expects you to use for his music and the joy of others. And so as, as you step into, whether it was finding more out about the body of Christ or starting point or into serving, I know that you will grow. You will experience joy and not only yourself, but you'll see how he is reaching others in the process. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for letting us be part of what, what you're doing. What a perfect plan. Not only as we believe in your son, do we get that eternity with him, but you call us into your work. And through that, we grow closer to you as we do that, others will see you because of it. I pray for everyone here. I pray for those, just a, a blessing upon those that said, sign me up for starting point. I want to find out more. Just bless them, Lord. Uh, help answer questions that they have. And for others who are, who are taking that step from attending to getting involved into what you're doing, again, I, I just pray your blessing upon their life. Help them to see the work that you're doing. And as a result... They'll grow, but we pray for the greater good that your kingdom would be bigger because of it. That means people are finding out about you. We love you, and we thank you for this time together. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.